Welcome to the Zico Health Show. This is weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. Here we discuss fitness, nutrition, gut health, alternative medicine, and anything else that impacts your health and fitness. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. So everyone, welcome back to the Zico Health Show. Do I have a treat for you today? I have autoimmune warrior, Bridget. I'm telling you, you're going to love this episode. So if you, if you haven't, I wouldn't say popcorn, get out a healthy snack and listen to this podcast. Mm, kind bars, maybe I should say. You can probably roll with that, right? And um, she is going to educate me and educate you. But before I start the episode, let me just go ahead and read one of my Apple Podcast reviews of the week. Five-star review from Hoffer Cantor. It says, Empowering Health and Fitness Show. Excellent information. I can't talk. Excellent information from a very well-rounded point of view about health. I would definitely recommend this podcast to anyone. You'll find a great improvement for your day-to-day life. Thank you for all you do. Thank you so much for that wonderful, wonderful comment. And if you get good quality content out of this or any episode, go to Apple, give your boy five five stars. I really can't talk. Give your boy five stars and let the world know this show is awesome. Now, with that being said, I have Bridget. I'm glad she's going to do most of the talking because apparently I'm struggling today. So let's get this puppy started. Hey, Bridget, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I stalked you enough on Instagram until eventually you decided I'm going to give this guy a shot. So thank you very much. Absolutely. <laughs> but, um, I love what you're doing. That really means a lot. Thank you very much. Um, tell, us about, uh, tell us about your health journey and then tell us about your qualifications. So my audience really knows who you are. Absolutely. So I'll start by saying that I am a certified integrative health practitioner, which really is a fancy way of saying that I am a health coach who primarily works with women with autoimmune and chronic conditions. And the integrative health part means exactly what you probably think it is, which we really use different modalities, approaches, different areas of thought to give you a well-rounded version of your health, whatever that may be. And I came into this work through my own personal journey with multiple sclerosis. I was actually diagnosed at the age of 17. And as you can imagine, it totally changed my life around. I didn't know what multiple sclerosis was, or I was not familiar with autoimmune diseases in general. And really approach the situation in a way that you would probably think any 17, 18 year old would, which was to ignore my symptoms, hope it all went away and just basically ignore what my body was telling me and just hope that it would all work out. And of course, for more than a decade, I realized that approach just wasn't working. And so it was several years ago now where I had a really tough year of ups and downs with relapses um, around multiple sclerosis. And I decided that I wanted to take my power over my health back into my hands. And so I actually hired my own health coach. And not only did I feel better and feel like my health journey was supercharged just within a few short weeks, and that grew and grew over the months, but then I also discovered my passion for helping others do the same because uh, what I love about your work as well is that people often don't know, even if they're interested in turning their health around, it can be really hard to find your own path in that and find what works for you. And so that's what really drives me to do the work that I do. Oh, great. And that's really, really powerful. And by the way, I hope my chewing didn't interrupt with anything that you were just saying. So did you guys, I'm eating grapes because I'm going to work out right after this. So I'm carving up, getting ready for my workout. So not trying to be rude. <laughs> just everybody know that. No, I love but, that. But that's great. I absolutely love it, to be honest, because 
the one thing that like your journey is different than my journey. Anybody be listening to me, they know about my journey. I'm not going to bore everybody with the whole story all over again. I'm not trying to lose listeners, but I have to say that um, it comes down to saying, this is me. This is my life. And I'm going to take control. Same thing happened with my asthma. Anybody, anyone who's been listening to me knows this. I had to tell myself the same thing. This is my life. I'm going to take control. With anything that you do, there's the one common thing is it starts with you. And once you talk, you start, you st once you start to take responsibility, then you start to realize that you can make your own changes because you're always going to be your best health advocate. So that's really powerful. And something else I realized too, because you said that you were primarily with women, mm -hmm. to be honest, it's usually women that say they want to take control over their health. Men, we're stubborn. That's how we die at a young age. Like we just do whatever we want. But like women usually come first and say, okay, I need to take control over my health, unfortunately. So dudes, if you're listening, you can do the same thing. There's no reason to die young at a heart attack only because you're stubborn and you would do whatever you want anyway. So, you know, I just want to bring that up. But, but let's talk about MS because a lot of people know, don't know exactly what that is. So what is MS and describe some of your daily struggles. Yes, so I'll take a quick step back by saying that multiple sclerosis is an autoimmune disorder. And one of the main things that characterizes autoimmune diseases is that essentially it's something where a trigger, whether it's a stress response or something else that adds you know, some sort of stress or chaos into our life, it will trigger symptoms that basically tell our body that our immune system needs to go into overdrive and how that results. It can manifest in the body in different ways is that our body basically attacks itself. And so multiple sclerosis is part of that umbrella of autoimmune disorders. And the thing that characterizes MS in particular is that our, what is being attacked is often our myelin sheaths in our nerves. And so multiple sclerosis is highly characterized as a neurological uh, disorder. And it can, again, show up very differently in people's bodies. So when I was first diagnosed, I noticed numbness and tingling in the lower part of my body because part of my spine had been affected and started to demyelinate. And that was the primary symptom. Whenever I was experiencing, experiencing a relapse, uh, that would be my cue. When I noticed numbness, tingling in my legs and my feet, that was usually a sign that uh, a relapse was upon me. I now know that there are many other signs that come even before that when you really start to listen to your body. And then over the years, it has changed a little bit. Uh, a few years ago, I started experiencing another common symptom, which is called optic neuritis, where the optical nerve is inflamed or affected in some way. So some people can experience it in their body, like in their limbs and, you know, they have their mobility affected or their coordination, or sometimes it is affecting more of the brain. So that can be more sensory, but it's all around the nerves. It's our nerves are affected. Our neural pathways aren't working. And so that can cause our body or body that has MS to really struggle because all of those neural pathways have to try to find a way to reroute and, um, you know, it can include pain, confusion in the body, um, a decrease in sensation. Like I said, vision can be affected and, and, and things like that. And, um, and the more chronic symptoms, which I think are shared over autoimmune and other chronic diseases are just daily things that often, you know, people unfortunately accept as quote unquote normal, which is fatigue aches and pains in the body, anything that's kind of related to inflammation and um, just that really lack of energy that I'm sure as a coach as well, you experience a lot with your clients. Wow. That, I wonder about to really listen to that because you made a connection at the end, but really a lot of these issues are across the board. So somebody may listen to this and say, 
I don't have MS. This doesn't apply to me. Well, you may not have MS, but you may have excess inflammation that your body may cause another issue in your body. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to come to the defense of inflammation for a second, okay? Because a lot of times I, we're starting to demonize this word. We're like, inflammation is bad. Inflammation is bad. So, okay, I'm a Grease fan. My favorite show of all time is Grease. Anybody have a problem with it? That's their issue. But I love Greece. And my friends tease me about it. They ask me if I listen to Glee and I do the hand thing. And I'm like, no, Greece is a classic. So leave me alone. But <laughs> inflammation is like that dude in a leather jacket, right? Some people may they say, oh, he's bad. You know, he's trouble. Leave him alone. And then some people may say, you know what? He really is not that bad a guy, right? That, that's how I think about inflammation. When I think about Greece, I think about the dude in a leather jacket, right? And when we, when we have an issue, a health issue, we have a, something is damaged. Let's say, let's use some visual, like a cut on our body. That swelling that develops, that's the dude in the leather jacket. That's inflammation. Your body's sending inflammatory cells trying to heal that issue. So then we think, is the inflammation bad? No, the problem is you have a cut and the cut's the issue, right? And that's the same exact thing with our gut, with our bodies. Don't blame inflammation. Inflammation is a sign that something else is wrong. Or excess inflammation is a sign that your body is under some type of stress. But the inflammation by itself is not an issue. It's the same thing with oxidative stress. Oxidative stress is not an issue. What are you doing to cause the oxidative stress? Is it lack of sleep? Is it poor diet? Is it your omega-3 versus omega-6 profiles are wrong? Is your gut unhealthy? And all those things we need to think of. So Every disease that I can think of, and I don't know every single disease in the world, but everything I can go, even to your eyesight, like you mentioned, is linked to excess inflammation. But again, the problem isn't the inflammation. The problem is what are you doing to cause the issue? And that's what we need to stop and realize that if we were to heal our gut, I believe it was Dr. Stone that told me that 90 or 95% of our immune system resides in our gut. Think about how powerful that is. 90 to 95% of our immune system resides in our gut. So if we can just heal our gut, we will be a lot healthier in theory, about 90% more. Think about how huge that is. So thank you so much. I love the information you're giving us and I love how you're tying everything back. So, and everybody who does has MS, you definitely want to listen to this episode as we dive more and more into, get deeper into the conversation. But enough about me, let's keep going. So an autoimmune coach, because I love that title, right? Autoimmune coach, because autoimmunity, again, is your body attacking itself due to excess inflammation, oxidative stress, right? So as an autoimmune coach, what can a client expect from you? Yes, I'd love to start with a point that you had just closed up with, which essentially is that things like inflammation and, um, you know, gut health and, and certain things that are happening internally in our body, those things are, I see them as good because those are signs for us to pick up on around how we can start to look at the root cause, which you were also touching on. And my training as an integrative health coach is really rooted in that functional medicine principle of looking at the root causes and as you mentioned that I, you know, I'm not a medical doctor. And so it's not my job to worry about the official diagnosis and treating the diagnosis. What my job as a coach and an autoimmune health coach is to really look at the root cause of why those symptoms are manifesting and being experienced in our body in the way that they are. So I work with a lot of clients who have different diagnoses and it can be really hard. This has been something I've struggled with in the past to not over-identify with that diagnosis because, and this might be a little controversial, but at the end of the day, I personally don't think it matters what your diagnosis is. Yes, I think it's important to treat certain symptoms that you have, but we are all different. Our genes, our cells are all different. And so essentially what we're seeing when we see these diagnoses and these symptoms, they're all coming back to those root 
causes in our body. And so my job as a coach is to, as much as we can using different methods, find out what those root causes are in your body. What's in balance? What's going on? Is it gut issues? Is it stress that is making it harder and harder for your body to heal? Is it an imbalance in vitamin, nutrient, mineral levels? Is it toxin overload just from our environment? Because that is very typical, right? So there's all these things and often they're a combination of everything, right? Because again, it's all happening. Um, you know, I think the majority of people who are experiencing these more chronic and autoimmune symptoms do have some gut dysbiosis. It can be different types of gut dysbiosis, but, um, you know, that's usually a big thing. So looking at these root causes and more so people have that information because that information is empowering because it then helps us set a plan that is not going to overwhelm you and we'll take it step by step. And it's also going to find out for you what an authentic health routine looks like for you, which is, I know that's something that you care about as well. It's, there's so many ways to correct these imbalances and to find balance in your body. And so ultimately we want to look at and find the things that you're most excited about, the things you're most likely to keep up with, um, and the things that ultimately get you to that next level, because I think that is so important, but that can look like many different things for different people. You just blew my mind. I was kind of sitting back. Everybody who's, um, it's not on video. So, but if you watch me as she's talking, I'm just kind of sitting back and taking everything in. And I wanted to start off by touching on a point that you basically started with, which is identification or self-identification. Because we become now in society where we identify with our illness, you know, or we identify with an issue. Like, you know, I've, even something as simple as quote unquote a mental illness, but say anxiety. People say, I have anxiety, and they say it all the time. I have anxiety. They've never even been diagnosed with anxiety, but they say they have anxiety. Or I have diabetes, I have this, I have that. And they start to identify with it and it becomes a part of their life. I like your approach that, for one, like you said, you're not a medical doctor, but a lot of times medical doctors will try to treat the problem. They try to treat the diabetes, they try to treat this. But the issue is they're not approaching the root cause, like you said. So it constantly, it, you never truly get better. That's what happened with my asthma. I have a client who is uh, he's in his 60s, type two diabetic. And um, he's his A1C was 9.1 when he started about a year and a half ago. And now it's about 6.1, 6.2. And I always ask him, I said, imagine when you went to your doctor 20 years ago and you were diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. If he had said, hmm, do you have information? Hmm, let's fix your diet. Hmm, let's do this. Because he told me even a couple of weeks ago, his doctor said to him, you keep this up, you might be taking off insulin. This guy's in his 60s, right? Imagine that. Imagine if he started this work 20 years ago instead of two years ago, right? So, you know, it's, we, we spend so much time trying to fix the symptom instead of trying to fix the actual sickness. And that's why I said, even if you don't have MS, everything that we're talking about in this episode can still apply to you because the root causes still stay the same. So I love your work and I love your approach to it. I think it's awesome. Now, as I, as I go to your Instagram, because sometimes I just kind of go to your feeds and I stalk you a little bit. And, you know, I, I, I love the way that you post on information, like you talk a lot about self-care, which you hinted on at the end of your um, last statement, you talked about what a routine may look for you. So let's talk about reclaiming our awareness and reclaiming our energy. What, what's your approach to that? Yeah. So the more that I work with my clients, the more that I talk to others, on Instagram or just through email, people who are following me, I really try to build conversations with them because I think it helps me get more information around what they need the most. And when I take all of their experiences and think through their biggest struggles and pain points, 
a lot of the time it really comes down to energy and whether that is the drain, draining fatigue that they feel every day, or just the feeling like they can't, they don't have enough energy to make new changes in their life or implement new healthy habits. Sometimes they are more overwhelmed from situational and external stressors in their life that are depleting this energy. And so it's just this theme of exhaustion, overwhelmed and feeling like they just don't have enough, whether that's time, energy, or space to make steps forward in their health. And so this idea of reclaiming our energy was something that just through my experience with my clients and with talking with others who have similar pain points has been really a big part of my work. And it's can I approach it in different ways? There's, of course, the nutrition component, actually nourishing your body with whole foods and energy and helping people make that connection that what we put in our bodies literally can give us energy. But then I also, I'm sure as you've seen, talk a lot about those external and situational things, because I think that at any given time, we can start to kind of treat the problem or kind of work through the problem is the way that I like to talk about it in, in these different ways. And what I love about it is that if nutrition is feeling hard for you right now, great, let's try some stress relief or let's try to get more clear around those other situational things that might be draining your energy, your career, your relationships. How can we make your life just a little bit more easy to give you more time and space to then get to the other parts of the issue? And so for me, reclaiming energy means a few different things. It does include First and foremost, rebalancing your body so that you do feel more energy on a daily basis, but it's also reviving your outlook and your health journey and getting excited and feeling empowered instead of overwhelmed and turning that into a long, long-term lifestyle, as opposed to, you know, I think it's still so common for people to get stuck in the quick fix or, oh, if I just go on XYZ diet for a month, like then it's going to be all my health problems are going to be solved. Right. Or, um, people also feel like it has to be rigid or hard or restrictive. And so if we take a step back, look more through that lens of reclaiming your power, your energy, and giving yourself that time and space to tell yourself it's a long-term lifestyle, it's a process, we then really start to see that shift because then people are more likely to change their lives in really game-changing ways, as opposed to feeling like they're going to you know, start something and not enjoy it and then not keep up with it. And so I'm really all about that long-term lifestyle integration. And I think when you do focus on energy, that's the easiest way to start moving forward. Again, my, my mind is blown. You see, I came into this interview, like my brain was already like pre-blown. So, you know, but now I'm, now I'm really getting blown. So, you know, it's, I'm on a different thing here, but Bridget, you're on a whole different level. You're awesome. Is that oh, thank you so much. Um, but yeah, I want to touch on a few things there too. I want to start off with energy and I have an episode coming up on stress because I knew someone that had a heart attack and I'm sorry, I had a stroke. And I, I, I talked to her and she said, well, I'm just under a lot of stress. And I'm like, what do you mean? She couldn't describe it to me. And I was like, do you even know what stress is? And she's like, and she was like no, not really. And we started talking and I got into oxidative stress and everything else. Um, but it's the same thing with energy. We throw this word around. If I ask the most people, if I go to 10 people and ask them what's energy, I guarantee you at least eight of them are going to get it wrong. Um, because, and then we say, oh, we don't have enough energy. I don't have this. I don't have that. Well, first thing is, uh, we have to know that the things that we do 
internally or externally is what generates energy for us, which is the power, the motivation, and the ability to do certain things that most can put it in layman's terms, right? So, um, so the, the fact that we say, oh, we don't have any energy, we need to stop and ask ourselves, what is, what is making it challenging for me to actually generate energy? Remember, energy is not destroyed nor, nor is it created. It can be transferred, right? So as a matter of fact, it's there and it can be generated. It's, just, it's basically heat, but we have to generate it. And it's the things that we do that make it hard for us to do so. Like, let's think about, um, I, don't know, I don't know how old you are or if you watch cartoons growing up, but my brother and I used to watch Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Let's take let's take let's let's go back to the old school. Let's talk about um Street Fighters, right? Okay. And you know, you know, Ken was my favorite character, and he do the Adouken, and you know, and that's energy, right? Mm-hmm. But if you watch there's a movie on how he learned how to create that energy, and part of it was actually like meditation, working with uh, working with his sensei, learning to harvest his energy and his strength. So, so he can do that. And that's something that we need to know that we need to develop the ability to harness the energy. It's not that it's, there, it's just not there, it's there, we just can't call on it. Now, mm-hmm. there are a lot of things we can do and that's where and Bridget will, when, if you work with her, get you into those habits to generate that energy. But by sitting around saying, I don't have it, there's an issue. You're identifying with the problem mm-hmm. and the symptom and not dealing with the sickness itself. I totally I agree. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to add real quick that the way I explain it to clients is this idea of input versus output, right? There's so many different types of input and output. And it's okay if at certain times, because life changes, things happen. If you are kind of more high on the things that are draining your energy at a particular time. So maybe it's a stressful time at work. Maybe you and your family are going through some challenges. Maybe there's an illness in the family, something like that. Something that is maybe out of the typical routine or schedule that is depleting your energy. That's absolutely okay. What my job as a coach is to make sure you have all those other types of input so that you can balance it out. So whether, you know, for me, it's like, okay, if I know a client is going into a stressful time at work, it's like, okay, have you done your meal prep? Have you asked for assistance with meal prep? Are you having healthy meals delivered? Have the things set up for you so that you can start to rebalance that. Are you going to have that scheduled meditation time or how are you going to decompress from whatever is going on? Because I think that it's very easy to get in this all or nothing mentality with our health, with anything in life. And it's always, okay, I'm going to do all of this and do it perfectly. And we just know that that is not only, it's not only going to burn us out in the long run, but it's, it's just not sustainable and it's not the way we want to be living our lives. And so I love how you mentioned that thought of being intentional around how we build our energy. And I like to apply that to a larger framework of not only how we feel it, but based on what's currently depleting our energy at the time, how can we protect it and nourish it in a way that feels intuitive to us? You're definitely on point. You're definitely on point. I definitely agree with that. And um, I want to touch on something else too that you talked about earlier, which is our quick fix. There's no such thing. And anybody, you can DM me on Instagram, you can yell at me on Facebook, on Twitter, and I'm going to say the same thing. There is no such thing. Every time, for one, we need to change our mentality around diet and nutrition. When we try to say, oh, I want to lose certain and certain amount of weight, I want to fit in my, you know, I wear a bikini, so I'm not picking on women. I'm talking about everybody in general. I want to fit in my bikini for summer. And you restrict yourself trying to lose weight. We are shortening our lives when we do that. We're literally causing more health problems because one, you're probably not getting enough vitamins and minerals. Two, you're probably not getting enough fiber. You're probably not getting enough macros, including protein, fats, and carbs that your body needs to function. You're literally starving yourself of the nutrients it needs to function. So guess what? By going on these restrictive diets, eating a celery a day or whatever the hell it is, you're literally 
causing more problems. You're starving your good bacteria of what it needs. So that's why when people come to me and say, is this good? Is that bad? I said, if that's what you're going to ask me, just turn away and even work with me because mm-hmm. that's a waste of my time. I, you can Google that if that's what you need. What I do with my clients is I teach them, okay, these are the foods that can create the right gut environment. These are the foods that can lower inflammation. These are the foods that can keep your blood sugar steady. How often you should eat? When you should do cardio? So when does your body use it best? Eat certain things at certain times. And then it goes back to we talk about self-care and spending time you know, reflecting and, and, and or having the right routine. When you have the right routine, it's so much easier, right? So there's so many things that's tied into our weight, tied into our health. And the approach we tend to take, these short-term approaches, is what make it worse. And then I just want to say this one, one last thing. We need to stop thinking of healthy eating as an issue. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I, wanna, I, I can't eat broccoli and lean chicken all my life. Oh, really? No, neither can I. <laughs> so guess what? No, it's not about that. It's about finding the right foods that are delicious, that you can enjoy, and still your body can operate at its utmost best. But we are just so prone to eating disgusting food that we can't see it any other way. And one, and I've told this to one of my friends once. I told her, I don't crave fast food. I actually got two um, Domino's uh, gift cards as well when I gave them away. Yeah. I don't crave fast food. I can't eat it even if I try to. I feel disgusted. And she said to me, you're just telling yourself that. And then she's working with a dietitian. And two months later, she came back to me and she said, I don't like certain foods anymore. I said, oh, really? You're not just telling yourself that? So, you know, yeah. so those things I thought about is that one, you, once you start to eat healthy and you enjoy what you eat, there are restaurants that know me by name. I go in, I'm going to order certain things, right? And these are foods that I absolutely love to eat. But then the foods that most other people would love, I just, my body just doesn't like it. And that's what I want for everyone who wants to manage your weight and want to get healthy. It gets to the point that you enjoy eating healthy and you're thriving. Actually, you say that thriving with ms you always said i love that and you're thriving in life you're thriving in everything that you do and you're a true badass in this world yeah i love that so much because you're right i think that there is just so much that we take in from media culture from our family from our you know there is food thoughts and food feelings and beliefs that are passed on to us even subconsciously through our ancestors, through our parents. And when you mix that with all of the marketing around fast food or processed food and the fact that these things can be biologically addictive, the cards are really stacked against us. And that's not to scare overwhelm people but I think when you have that awareness of why you might be craving certain foods and why you feel like you can't live without them I think it when you have that curiosity and you start to explore and then start to feel the benefits of eating more whole foods nutritious foods that's when it really becomes to shift not only is that happening inside your body and you're feeling better and you crave that feeling as opposed to how, you know, what, what you would crave when you do want said, you know, McDonald's or whatever, (laughs) but, uh, then you, you know, it's a different type of feeling that that you begin to seek out, but we're all different, but depending on the person, that journey, you know, might be really difficult or some harder than others. And for me, like you said, I think that the the way to do it that's best for you is to what I like to summarize, I call it the nutrition intuition. And it's a little bit different than the term intuitive eating, because I think that sometimes intuitive eating can be misconstrued as um just eat what you feel like you want. Um, But I think that 
having knowledge around what you mentioned around macronutrients, how much you need per day, what you need, what are the things that literally are going to fuel your body and mixing that with that empowering knowledge of, okay, this is what this, that balance looks like for me. Um, this is what I know will help me feel my best. And so I'm going to do that 80 percent plus or more of the time over the week, right? And when you do want to treat yourself or maybe go out of that routine, you have all the facts, you have all the information, and you know that you can still maintain that balance. And so I think that people often don't start exploring nutrition or diet changes, just hearing the word diet, people do not love it. And I myself was one of them, but I'm hoping that there's enough coaches like us now who can help reframe those connotations that come with the word, because what I see when, or what I feel when I say diet or what I mean is that lifestyle is literally how you are feeling your body. And that, like you said, can be really exciting and fun and you have foods that you love and it can be really enjoyable. Um, so, you know, I encourage people to really explore what that looks like for them. As always, you're definitely on point. Uh, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with you. And um, I had a point I don't remember what it is anymore, so I'm just going to move on. Um, <laughs> but um, you started talking about um, nutrition, what should you call it? I'm sorry, nutrition intuition. I apologize. So give us more on what that is in your approach to nutrition intuition. Yes. Yeah, so this comes out of my experience, particularly working on my health as someone with autoimmune um, disease and with my clients as well, who have some sort of you know, chronic or autoimmune symptoms, the, there are quite a few diets that are said to be quote unquote good for, um, you know, easing autoimmune and chronic symptoms. Um, a few that people might be familiar with are um, AIP or the autoimmune paleo protocol you know, I think for a lot of chronic symptoms, people hear paleo in general or keto or, or things like that. And for me, I don't particularly support one specific diet. I always encourage people, if you do have one that you feel like works for you, great. We don't want to mess anything up that's working for you as long as you feel like as long as you are getting those nutrients and um, that nourishment that you need. But for me, what I did personally, and then what I now work with clients on is that I take the best information from all the diets that are proven either through longevity or disease prevention studies to be those quote unquote best diets, because they all have a few things in common. They're high in vegetables and they are low in more of in, in the processed non-whole foods. So we're talking whole foods, nutrient dense, lots of fruits and veggies, leaner proteins or easier to digest proteins. And of course, healthy fats. You can't forget healthy fat and fat has gotten such a bad wrap in the past, but this is what a balanced diet is, right? Your proteins, your carbs, your fats, your fruits, your veggies, um, included in the carbs. And, um, I think when people get stuck in the, um, one particular diet, right. It, it, again, it's that box and it's something that is so rigid and so structured that it makes you not want to stick to it. And so what I really make sure that people know as a coach is having that information that of what is that balanced nutritious, nutritious diet that is going to fuel you. And then you can mix and match, right? You can mix and match the different types of macros across the week. And you can, um, ultimately your body will then, especially once you're kind of 
staying away from, you know, there are some things that I do recommend for autoimmune and chronic folks to eliminate at least for a short term, gluten, dairy, eggs, nuts, um, some grains just for, you know, more of a temporary thing, because that's what helps our body decompress so we can better listen to it. I then will work with folks to reintroduce more foods because I think for just the harmony of our gut, having the most variety of these nutritious foods is going to be the best for us long-term. And I think that gets lost. I think that people think that we have to be on a restrictive diet forever. And um, it's just those nuances, right? It's knowing when you might want to eat certain things and when you might not. And that's what I really explain as a nutrition intuition is just knowing that there is that flexibility and having that information around ultimately what's going to support your body. So you can mix and match based on how you feel. You literally just described me <laughs> and I'm dead serious. That That's exactly who I am and what I've been doing over the last few years with my asthma. Um, long story short, you know, I don't think you know this about me, but um. I haven't had to renew my asthma medicine in over two, over two years. I, and I don't, not even my allergies, cause I was on um, pills for my allergies as well. And I hadn't had to renew them. And because my gut was unhealthy. And in the start, like you said, I had to remove certain foods completely. Peanuts, um, and then with gluten, um, brown foods, a lot of stuff I had to um, remove initially. And um, after that, I started once my gut started healthier and I didn't need my medicine, I started slowly reintroducing certain foods because by keeping them out of my diet for too long, I would end up nutrient deficient. Mm -hmm. So I had to start reintroducing them. But then you said something else that I love is you take the approach from all these different diet approaches and figure out what works best for each person. It's exactly what I do. I don't, when, it's hard, I come, mm, when someone comes to me, and says, should I be on keto? I say no. Or should I be on paleo? I say no. Why? I don't know what you need. Let's sit down and talk about where you are in your life. Are you stressed? Or what's your external environment like? Then do you have any underlying health issues? Because based on, if you're type two diabetic, you can eat on a keto diet and still your blood sugar doesn't stay steady because it comes down to your hormones and your body's ability to burn it, metabolic flexibility. And AKA, I have an episode on metabolic flexibility, released about a month ago, go back and go back and listen to it. Especially if you're trying to burn body fat, that that's a really good episode. It's a solo show. I talk for like 30 minutes and you can listen to it until you get tired of me, but that's basically, that's basically what it is. And that that's a powerful episode. I think for anyone should go back and listen to that. But anyway, um, I cycle everything. I cycle keto, um, meaning that I'm in ketosis when I don't need as much energy. Um, I cycle fats. I eat fats around the time I'm in ketosis throughout the day. Um, I cycle carbs where I eat most of my carbs. It's primarily my simple carbs. I right now eat my grapes um, before a workout and sometimes even post-workout to refuel my muscles. Protein is the same way. I eat most of my high protein before and post-workout. And um, so I can have enough adequate protein for my muscles, but also depends on the type of work that I'm going to do. If I'm going to do cardio, high intensity versus I'm going to lift, right? So it's, that's, but I don't, part of the reason, or I should say the main reason why I do that is because I guess you call it nutrition intuition. I actually like that. You're right. When you say intuitive eating, mean that, okay, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat whatever I want. Mm -hmm. If you, you, if you can't listen to your body, if your body is broken. Uh, some people say, listen to your heart. Stop telling kids that. That's stupid. You can't listen to your heart if your heart is not telling you the right thing. So like, you know, if you put the wrong things in, the wrong things are going to come out. So you can't listen to your heart if you've been feeding it foolishness for the last 20 years. You can't listen to your body if you've been feeding it crap for the last 30, 40 years. You have to feed it right. Once your body is healed, once your mind is healed, once your heart is healed, guess what? Now you can start listening to it. But don't listen to it just because somebody told you, listen to your heart, listen to your body. Anybody that tells you that, I'm going to reserve my judgment. But you get my point. <laughs> so let's uh, move on. Chakras. A lot of people yes. don't know what they are. 
So what are chakras and what role do they play in our health? Yes. So I more recently have added on to kind of my coaching repertoire, um, studying Reiki. So I'm also a certified Reiki practitioner. Um, I don't physically work on people, but I wanted to apply this knowledge to my coaching because I think it can be really powerful in a few different ways. So Chakras are also known as energy centers. There are seven of them in our body and they are, all chakras correlate to not only the different parts of the body where the chakra physically is, but it also um, can, you know, there are certain chakras that are related to like our blood and our kidneys and our skeletal system and, and our nervous system and all these things. And for me, learning about and working with my chakras has created a really powerful framework for me to tap into my body in a different way. So as I mentioned earlier, when I first started making changes to my diet and eliminating some foods, nourishing my body with more whole foods, that was really the first time I truly felt connected to my body and more sensitive to foods and to other things going on in my life. And that was really transformative for me. But then I found once that I found that routine with my diet, once I started to explore other parts of my health, including exercise and movement, stress relief, um, you know, regulating my circadian rhythm, all these things that can help us feel our best. I found that it kind of, you know, for me, I am someone who can stick to a routine and kind of really get immersed in that and having that routine and learning those things keeps me steady on building those habits. But then after a while, I just felt, okay, I feel like I've learned a lot. How can I make tweaks in my lifestyle where this truly feels like this is my lifestyle? This is my routine. And it was through learning about the chakras, which for me initially was more of a spiritual type practice, but I found that learning more about the chakras allowed me also to make tweaks to my routine to help my physical body. So a perfect example is one of the first chakra is the root chakra, and that's everything below the base of the spine. And that is literally the chakra for feeling safe in our bodies, trusting ourselves, trusting our health, and feeling grounded, feeling deeply connected. And I think that when people aren't feeling well, that's often the first thing that they can pick up on. They maybe feel kind of flighty. They don't feel rooted. They don't feel grounded or secure. And it can be a feeling that people can, it can be easy to ignore because you just think, oh, that's how life is. Life is stressful. There's so much going on. It's chaotic. But there is so much power into tapping into that energy of the root chakra and making sure it's balanced so that we do feel safe and secure. Because if we don't feel that trust, and that safety, that can really affect our whole health, right? And so that's why that first chakra is at the base of our body. And then the chakras, you know, go up um, along uh, along your spine. And so uh, for me, working with chakras and educating people on chakras has been really um, fun for me. And people have really enjoyed it because I think it's a way to get out of our heads and actually into our body. I think when we're looking for solutions for our health, it can be so easy to overthink, to again, put that fear, that restriction, that worry on you. And I think the easiest way to um, get out of that is to really tap into how you're feeling in your body and make decisions based on that. What are the small and steady tweaks that can help you feel a little bit more balanced? And for people, if they're feeling a particular emotion or a specific pain or uneasiness in part of their body, chakra work can be really powerful because it can help you explore other, you know, things that you might want to look at when it comes to your health. 
for anyone that's never heard of chakras, especially root chakras, I want to talk about that for a little bit. See, when you're talking about the root chakra, I was thinking about the vagus nerve. Mm-hmm. And we don't, if anyone doesn't know what it is, look up the vagus nerve. It's basically that one nerve, like a highway down your body that connects all the other nerves in your body. And that's very important for us to know that because the health of your vagus nerve can determine your blood pressure. The health of your vagus nerve can determine how you feel and your emotions. The health of your vagus nerve can determine how your body responds to stress, oxidative stress, and so on and so forth. So it, there's, it's literally impossible, literally impossible to be healthy if your vagus nerve is not operating the way it should. So someone may hear chakras and hear root chakras and say, I don't know what this is. Or is there any science behind it? Let me tell you something. You, I am me, D, I'm sorry, DM me anytime. I'm willing to have a conversation. And, or you know what, DM uh, Bridget, the, uh, the autoimmune warrior. She can have a conversation because there is so much behind it. And you know, on top of that, it annoys me when I'm talking to someone who is, uh, doesn't really know much about health. And after the conversation, they say, well, show me some studies behind it. I'm like, I'm sorry, um, you're a scientist? I, I didn't know that. You know nothing about health. I'm not saying you shouldn't ask for proof. I'm not saying that. But there's a lot more to it because there's so many studies. There's studies that say that Honey Nut Cheerios is good for your heart. You can find studies on anything. That's why in everything that I do, I take a three-pronged approach. I look at the scientific study on one hand. I look at the, um, the um, oh, I can't think anymore. What did I say, Sarge? Scientific study. I also look at how it makes me feel. That's a word for that I can't think of right now, but how it makes me feel. And then I also look at what did our ancestors do before us? And that's my three-pronged approach to everything. So I look at, okay, the studies say this, but studies have been wrong. How do I feel or, or, or the um, anecdote, that's what I'm looking for, anecdotal um, evidence of it, right? How do people feel? How does it make me feel? Will I have more energy? So on and so forth. You can't discount that, right? And then I look at what my ancestors do before. Western medicine has been around for, I think, 750. I don't know what the time is. Eastern medicine, meditation, working with chakras have been around for thousands of years. Seriously, thousands of years. So we're over here in the quote unquote more civilized part of the world acting like idiots because we're here thinking, show me the study, show me the study while we're dying at 40 years old. So I want to ask people, really, are we thinking about what we're doing? Yes, you want to ask for proof, but there is a lot more than one way of getting proof for something. Because if you want to wait for the study to tell you to change your life and fix your life, you're going to die waiting for it. So think about that for a second and think about your health. And that's why we take an approach that works for you, to help you to be the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. So anyway, enough of my high horse on that, but I had to get it off my chest. <laughs> I love it. Now, let's uh, move on a little bit more. And could we talk about the vagus nerve, which comes from, starts from the brain. So what are some ways that our brain and our mindset impacts our gut? And I want everybody to really listen to this answer. Yes. I love that so much. There's so many different ways that I can answer this question. I think that the the main thing that is really important to me that I talk about a lot is related to what I mentioned with the root chakra around trust and safety. When we have a mindset that is telling ourselves, whether it's subconscious or conscious, right? Whether we know it or not. If we are telling ourselves that we, things like, we're never going to feel better. This is hard. We can't move past this, et cetera, et cetera. That is telling our body, because if that is rooted in our subconscious, which is connected to our body, that is telling our body that it is not safe, that it is, it can't relax. And the only way that our body is going to heal and restore is if it is relaxed. So uh, people are probably familiar with the um, fight, flight, or freeze mode when our sympathetic nervous system is activated. That is 
um, not a state that our body um, should be, that can be in if it is going to heal. And so the mindset when this kind of comes into play is that the, and I feel, I have to admit that this is challenging, right? We are all programmed. Like you mentioned, our, our ancestors, our history has come with these subconscious beliefs that are passed on to us, even with our parents, grandparents, et cetera, not knowing um, exactly what's being done, right? And the even feelings, I really work with folks on even thinking through and acting, um, working through feelings of not feeling enough, those per perfectionist tendencies, those feelings of, um, yeah, I'm not doing things right, or this is too hard, I can't do it, etc. Because that can be easily, that's the way we think in life, that can easily be applied to our health. And so we get in these situations where we feel stuck and like we can't move forward. And that keeps our body in that fight, flight, or freeze mode. And what we really want to do is activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest. And so the rest and digest phase is where you want to be um, for your body to truly decompress and heal. And so that's the way I like to explain it because sometimes I think it's hard for people to grasp why your mindset matters because you think, oh, well, if I'm doing the things, if I'm doing X, Y, Z, then it shouldn't matter. But mindset is really critical to your health, at least I believe, because it, it ultimately is what your body is picking up on throughout your day, throughout your life. And so if we don't change that, um, not only is that just not, it's not fun, right? It doesn't feel good. We don't want to be in these feelings of feeling like we can't turn things around. And if we are to flip that, and I realize that that is very hard, especially when you're in pain, you're not feeling well. Um, the last thing that you probably want to hear is, oh, just like change your mindset. And that's not actually what I mean, because it's not that easy, but if we can start to begin to look at that, look at the reasons why you might have a particular mindset and how we can heal that, how we can find you some emotional healing around that, that then releases a lot of that pressure, a lot of that stress. And it is one of those ways, like I mentioned earlier, one of the primary ways we can create more time and space for the other parts of our health. And everything you just said tied in everything that we've been talking about this whole time, mm -hmm. right? So I, and I absolutely love that. I wrote down a couple of things, but I'm going back to the vagus nerve because we want to talk about the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. Mm -hmm. I want everybody to imagine any animal, right? Let's say uh, a large animal like uh, a shark, a lion, a tiger, they, they're fast and they're strong. But do you ever see them running all the time? They walk, they move, they look around, they hunt. When they need to hunt, they go into the next gear. But they're not always running. Even a shark that swims, there's some shark that can't, that can't live if they don't keep swimming. And you can blame Shark Week for that because I've been watching this thing that, on sharks the last six weeks and I know way more about sharks than I would care to know and I'm afraid to go back in the ocean. But that's a whole different problem. Um, but they swim at a slow pace. And when they're going after their food, they attack. They eat and they go back around. They go back and they swim in a slow pace, right? But we as humans do the opposite. We're always going, 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 putting our body in a parasympathetic state. So I want, no, actually, I said that wrong. We're putting our body in a sympathetic state. Why didn't you correct me? You're putting our body. I was having the same thought process as you. I always find it counterintuitive, right? Because you want to think that the sympathetic is the rest and digest because it's sympathetic, right? But it's the opposite. <laughs> Thank you so much. Finally, somebody <laughs> says what I've been thinking, because that's yeah. what I've been thinking too. But you, so you want to be in a parasympathetic state. 
and you want to be in a rest and digest state for most of your day. But whenever you need to go at it, you can then go in that extra mode. But and then on top of that, when you look at that too, when you can go into extra mode, you're initiating that. It's not initiating you. You're not responding to it. So, oh my God, I'm stressed. Oh, I gotta do this. And then you're not doing all that because that's when you're raising your blood pressure and you're creating all these issues. But when you can control that, then you're taking control of your body. You're taking control of your mind. You're taking control of your health. And that's powerful. And that takes, especially if you're older and you've been living a certain way and, and behaving a certain way, it takes a long time to get that back. But it is possible. So think of yourself as a shark. Think of yourself as a lion or whatever your favorite animal is. And think of how they stay in a parasympathetic state until they need to kick in to the sympathetic attack mode, attack state. That's very, and that goes back to your root chakras, but that goes back to your vagus nerve. Because for example, just by proper breathing through your vagus nerve, it can put you in the right state. Chest breathing annoys me. When I see somebody <laughs> breathing with their chest, I say, what are you doing? You're taking more air through your diaphragm. And then by taking air properly through your diaphragm and through your nose, you can put yourself in a more parasympathetic state. So I want to stop and think about that. Now, we've talked about a lot of stuff. And the last question I ask, I think that really tied everything together because I want us to know that with everything that we do, if we don't correct our mindset, you could eat the 100% perfect diet that you think is for you I mean, if you don't correct your mindset and you're still always in a stressful state, you're still damaging your gut. You're still damaging your body. I was going to ask you about self-care, but we talked about that a lot mm -hmm. already. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to leave this part open. Is there anything that you want to discuss that we haven't touched on? I think we've covered a lot. I just will say that I think everything we talked about is the perfect example of why it's important to have a health coach when you want to make these big changes because everything we've talked about all the advice all the things that people say all the different diets the answer to the question of should I do this is that well it depends right and there is so much nuance when it comes to our health and so if you really do want to dive in and make these changes in a sustainable way that is really tailored to you, you know, message me, message Zico. It's, you know, this is um, what we love doing. And so I think that the more that we can think about our health as not one size fits all, I think that's just going to really change and revolutionize how, how we approach our health and, and how we feel in general. And I do have a public service announcement. You mentioned that uh, you wish there are more coaches like us who take the holistic approach. Well, I'm perfectly fine with those who aren't because you know, I'm trying to get a bigger piece of the pie here. So <laughs> just, just, just move over and come to my network and you know, I'll, I'll either work with me or with doctors or even with uh, with coaches like like Bridget. Almost called you a doctor for a second. Um, <laughs> hey, I'll take but, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We technically are. But, you know, yes. But, but seriously, you know, if your coach doesn't take the holistic approach and do what's best for you, you're wasting your money. And I don't like to take money out of anybody's pocket, but you want to work with someone who knows what they're doing and can help you be the best version of yourself. And that's very important. I have the worst, best business model of all time. I need you to need me enough to where I can train you and teach you. But when I'm done, you don't need me anymore. That's my business model. Because my job is not to give you the perfect diet. My job is to teach you how to find the right lifestyle, the right nutrition, develop the right habits, so you can add years to your life and you can feel amazing. Now, how's the best way for my audience to get in touch with you? Yes, so I am very active on Instagram. 
My Instagram account is at immune.intuition. So follow me there. We have lots of content. Um, I'm now going to start doing Instagram live trainings every week. So, and I'm very active in direct messages as well. So please send me a message and people can also go to my website, which is immuneintuition.com. It's going down in the DM. Do you hear that everybody? <laughs> yeah. Did I, did I deliver? I just want to ask because, you know, I'm telling you, I promised you something in the beginning. And I think I got more than what I promised. So thank you, Bridget. You're awesome. We need to do some more work in the future. In fact, we need to do some lives together too. Since yeah, that would be great. That, we can go on and I can yell at people there too. So let's do it. <laughs> thank you so much and um, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Zico Health Show. If you got good quality content out of this episode, save, subscribe, and share it out there with family, friends, co-workers, or anybody who needs to hear this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.